0: Hello and welcome to The Debutant Report, I'm your host Michael Long, back once again and it has finally arrived, Survivor 41 is here, US Survivor is back after a year hiatus due to COVID so it's really great to see uh, US Survivor back on the air. Yeah, there's been a lot of changes this season especially, Jeff Probst has said himself, even though it's Survivor 41, drop the four, keep the one, it really looks like a new era of Survivor has gone underway, and I'm super excited to look at it all. Uh We've got a really stellar cast this season, reading up on all the cast members, and they all seem really great. There's so many changes to the game as well, so many new game mechanics coming in It should make for a really, really interesting season. And here on the Debutante Report, we'll be looking to recap every single episode this season so you guys get the full look at what's going on at Survivor 41 this season. Should be really, really great. Before we dive into the premiere episode this week, yeah, it definitely seems like it's a brand new game. One of the biggest changes is that there's now 26 days instead of there being 39 days. They've got less food, more consequences for losing challenges. There's new advantages, new twists. There's more of an interactive element. There's so many new things going on. Just right off the bat this season, Jeff Prokes comes in with his little speech about what this season's going to look like. I don't know if I'm a fan of it or not. I mean, Survivor has been really, really great so far for over 20 years, and uh, things are being changed all of a sudden. And I get that things did need to change. It was starting to get a little bit stale, I'd say, over the past. Five seasons coming up with a bit, uh, too gimmicky, I guess, themes. Um, just trying to mix things up a bit. And I really think that this COVID break has really given them the rest that they needed to, um, come up with something new and come up with something a lot more fun. That's something that Jeff has said once again, something that he wanted to bring into the show. But yeah, I do see the direction that the show is wanting to go with, um, with bringing a lot of new changes. Obviously, with COVID as well, that, that might have meant that. A 39-day game was probably less feasible than than it would have been in the past, and so 26 days obviously might is something new that's being brought in. And as we've seen in this episode already, it goes very, very, very quickly. There's a lot of stuff happening right off the bat. I think it's going to make for a really interesting season. It might it might make it a bit more hard to follow, but that's the nature of Survivor these days. It's always moving at such a fast pace, um, especially with less food. And as we've seen. In this episode already, consequences for losing challenges, it's gonna go it's definitely gonna feel like the game's always gonna be moving, players are always gonna need to be keeping up with whatever's happening in the game. Something that's been on my mind as well, um, with all these new twists is we've we've seen before, audiences have always been critical of the amount of twists that have been brought into the game, too many idols, too many advantages, making it a little less based on the social aspects of the game, which is what the game was meant to be based off right from its inception. And yes, Twists in a fast-paced game are going to make things a lot more fun, but when you have such a stellar cast like this one, it's hard to argue that these twists are going to make the game better. It might just saturate the game as a whole. If you look back towards the golden era seasons of Survivor, like China, Micronesia, Token Chains, Samoa, that kind of period of seasons, you'd, there weren't a lot of twists and you had a really great cast playing the game. And so... You didn't need all these new twists and advantages to make the game entertaining. And there's a reason why those seasons are some of the most popular seasons in Survivor is that you had really great casting and a lot of really great gameplay in and of itself. So yes, twists do make things exciting, but when you've got a cast like this, season 41, after looking at all these cast interviews, we've got a really great cast in our hands. I think that it might be good as well to just let the players play because all of them want to play and Adding more twists might make it a little bit more, yeah, the game a bit more saturated and a bit more hard to follow and not as flowy as it normally is. <laughs> but yeah, I see I see where the show's going. I mean, yes, I've said before, things were starting to get stale, and so it's nice to have a change of things, I guess. Let's touching on the cast. We have a really, really strong cast, as I've said before. Uh, going into my pre-season predictions... I took part in Inside Survivors Dream Tri game, and the four that I chose for my tribe were Ricard, Sidney, Liana, and Deshawn, with JD and Chantel or Shan on the side as a bit of my uh, reserve picks. But yeah, I definitely saw those four as being some really great players this season, the ones to look out for. Personally, I think Ricard is my winner pick there. I think he's really got that prototype to be a really great survivor player. I know that Peridium might have agreed with me on that. He also had Ricardas, um, as the one up there to do really well this season. And so, yeah, just overall, whilst those four or six players I've chosen, um, just stood out to me. This cast really does seem to have a lot of survivor acumen, a lot of, a lot of survivor knowledge in themselves. (laughs) Another one that stood out to me, I didn't pick him in my, in my dream tribe, but Voce, I've never heard anyone. Like Voce, mentions so much Survivor superfan knowledge like he did in his preseason interviews, mentioning Rob Cesanino, David Bloomberg, all these great Survivor analysts in his pregame. And I guess like he he's probably done his research as well and no, really knows all the theory that goes into the game. But he's just one that stood out to me as being really aggressively a superfan. Um, don't think he's going to do too well, but that's just something that stood out to me. Yeah, we've got three tribes, 18 castaways, I think this season especially we've seen a little bit more of a change in terms of the editing as well. Yeah, a lot more characterization, especially in this premiere. It seems like Survivor has actually listened to their audience. I mean, in previous seasons we've always complained that, I'm talking about the Superfan community as a whole, um, of having not enough time spent on developing each character, which is the reason you see so many purple edits happening, especially in recent seasons. But I feel like really in this premiere we saw a lot of background in terms of each character, I feel like each castaway got um, some time to shine on the screen and the audience really got to know their background as well and made it a bit easier to follow there. Yeah, so I'm really liking that we're seeing a lot more of each castaway this season. And the second thing as well, um, a bit more transparency in the way that Survivor shot, like I know in previous seasons, especially 35 and more recently as well. The superfan community has really been... A bit annoyed at how many idols and advantages there are in play but we'll get into we'll get into the advantages a bit later but the fact that production is showing us like right off the start of the show uh, where some of the advantages are being hidden it really makes it seem like things aren't as rigged like survivors aren't telling castaways where idols are hidden as was a big conspiracy during Ben's win in 35 so yes the fact that they're bringing in a bit more transparency with their advantages and. More characterization in the way that they're showing their, the characters this season. It's really a way, I think, that Survivor's really been listening to their audience, um, and trying to improve things going into a new era of Survivor. <laughs> We've done a lot of talking already about the pre-game. No, I haven't even dived into the game yet, but there's so much to talk about in this episode. Uh, we'll get, we'll get right into it. Right off the bat, we saw the first challenge right off the barge. Yeah, that really brought me back to past U.S. season. It's just been, yeah, such a long time since we've seen um, U.S. Survivor, so yeah, really great to have that back. Yeah, it was just really great to see. Uh, Yeah, we saw Ua win the first challenge. We got Ua, uh, Luvu, and Yasa. Funky tribe names there, but yeah, Ua win the first challenge, and they win their first supplies. One thing also that stood out was just the lack of supplies that the castaways are getting this season. They're only getting a flint, a machete, and a pot, so very limited supplies there. I think Survivor's really trying to emphasize the the hard nature of this season in that castaways are going to have to work for everything. The contestants are going to have limited supplies and they're going to be physically and mentally drained in that as well and they're going to have to work for everything. So something that survivors really trying to get back into their roots of is like how the franchise started in the first place was everything was about hard work and just trying to survive physically on the island. So something they're trying to get back to, I think. But we get back to when the tribes arrive on the beach Luvu and Yasa having not won the first challenge and faced with the sweat versus the savvy challenge. I really liked it. I think, yeah, it's a different way of showing tribe dynamics and a way for the contestants to build social capital rather than um simply through whatever conversations might be happening at camp. Yeah, it's a really interesting challenge. I think it really possesses the potential for players to want to take it up, but also there's the risk as well as if you mess it up, you're going to be seen badly in the eyes of your um, tribe mates anyway, so there's really a risk and reward aspect to that too. Yeah, it seems like the show's really trying to add a lot more risk to the game than there has been previously. Yes, there's a the potential for this challenge for castaways to maybe gain favour with their tribe when they complete the challenge, but yes, it's a lot riskier if you fail it. Also, Gip puts you on the outs. I mean, Voucher mentioned it himself that you're going to be put on the outs no matter if you complete it or not. Um, you're going to be separated from your tribe, and you're not going to have that valuable time to build bonds. If I was a contestant, I wouldn't want to compete in this challenge whatsoever. I'd want to be back at camp building those bonds. So yeah, Voce correctly identified himself that this was a trap. And I guess he just got put into a really trash spot being put there with Xander. I don't know why Xander volunteered himself. I mean, I know he's a survivor fan, but surely you know that you don't want to put yourself in this position right off the bat. And then same with, same with Louvre. I mean, I mean, it was a bit different. Like Deshaun and Danny, I know Deshaun's a big fan. Not too sure about Danny, but The fact that they volunteered themselves to put themselves in this challenge, yeah, I'm not sure if it was a great move on their part. We saw it later a bit that Nasir pointed them out for bonding a bit too much, and I guess it might have put Deshaun and Danny a bit more of a dangerous position that they ended up being in, but yeah, both of them ended up getting it done. I also wanted to touch on the fact that there was the option of choosing the Savvy versus the Sweat option. I was a bit surprised that neither tribe went for the savvy option. I feel like that would have been the easier one to do and um, would have got things done a little bit more quickly than the sweat challenge. Um, yeah, just something that surprised me a little bit. I just thought more people would have chosen the savvy challenge. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's about time we go round the grounds looking at each tribe and the dynamics of what's going on there. Um, I'm going to start on Luvu, and obviously I've said before, Danny and Deshawn were bonding quite well during the during the sweat challenge, but um, Nasir managed to point out that um, they might have been building too close to Bond. I think Nasir, yes, he's a big fan himself as well. He pointed out that, yes, correctly, that they might be easy targets, but in doing that, he probably painted a bit of a target on himself. I think his priorities are a bit a bit off at the start. I think he probably should have focused more about building connections rather than trying to point out easy targets. Yeah, just something that stood out to me. I think I think Luva were lucky that they didn't go to trouble this episode because Nasir, Nasir probably would have been the one to go off that. But, yeah, we never know what would have happened. Moving on to Yasa. Um, everyone seems to be bonding quite well across the other two tribes, Uwe and Yasa. Abraham himself, someone who stood out as well, just seems from his preseason interviews and the way he played as well that he seems to have a really traditional approach about the whole team dynamics and wanted to do what's best for the team, keeping the tribe strong. Obviously, Survivor these days isn't really like that. I feel like he would have been an easy boot. Pre-game, he was one easy boot for me and didn't probably do himself many favours um, by throwing out someone's name straight away. You always want to build those bonds right off the bat. But then moving on to, oh, we saw JD. JD was someone who I thought was something who aligned to me and someone who could play the game hard, but yeah, right out the gate. Just jumped a bit too early and wanted to... I guess ingratiate himself as well as he could. Probably didn't do himself any favours there because a lot of the a lot of his tribe teams to pick off as being a bit untrustworthy there. So yeah, I feel like he was doing his best. He really wanted to ingratiate himself with the tribe as much as he could. Just it it ended up rubbing people the wrong way and just put him in a really bad spot. Yeah, we saw Ricard point him out as being someone who might be a bit untrustworthy just simply because of how many conversations he was having. Might not have been alliance building but more so just the fact that he was jumping around too much um, gave him away a little bit so yeah I just wanted to point out Shan as being someone who was playing a really great social game right off the start just being able to bond well with others I mean she said it herself yeah she might have been um, as you go on a bit on the bottom in terms of athletics performance but the fact that she's been involved with so many conversations in more of a passive way and not in an over-the-top way like JD might have been uh, I think she's on a really good spot. A lot of people said pregame that she um had potential to go a really long way. So yeah, she's definitely shown that she does have potential to be a really great player towards the end of the game. But yeah, moving on to one of the bigger aspects of this episode itself, the summit, the return of the summit, the first time we've seen it since Millennials versus Gen X. I was really happy to see the summit return. Um it really has that presents that opportunity for the players to build bonds across tribal lines. The season that really stood out to me was token chains, and The fact that the Summits return and it has that similar situation with the Exile Alliance in Token Chains, um, I think it's something really great for this season. I really want to see where that leads to further down the line this season. Obviously, a lot of Survivor fans knew that if you get picked to go on one of these things, you're immediately separating yourself from the Tribe, and so it doesn't always put you in a really great spot, but it does give you the potential to win an advantage or yeah, something to help you in the game. So there is that risk and reward there. Personally, myself, I would want to stick with the tribe. You never want to separate yourself from the tribe um, so early in the game as well. And so, yeah, you could see so many of the castaways didn't really... So many of the castaways knew that and didn't really want to stick their neck out so early in the game. Well, we see Danny from Luvu, Xander from Yasa, and JD from Ua get chosen to um, go on this little trip to the summit. Yeah, and I really, I really like this twist that they had, especially with the Prisoner's Dilemma built into it. You had the castaways have the opportunity to bond and to um, get to know each other whilst on the trip, but you also had the chance for them to win an advantage individually themselves. Yeah, we saw this on Survivor South Africa Season 7, I'm pretty sure, Um, right at the start of the game as well. So yeah, it was great to see it return in Survivor 41. I really like this Prisoner's Dilemma as well, the risk the protect versus risk of vote. I really like this twist. Something we haven't seen before, and it was something that something new that would protect the people going to the summit. Than I'd say the worlds apart moral dilemma there. So I think it gave the people who went to the summit a bit more protection than um, what might have been expected from a trip like this. Just because it's so complex that it's so hard for the tribe not to believe you if you return back to camp. I mean, there's so many details to it that, or as we saw, the tribes, like most of them believed um, their returnees once they returned back. We saw Danny ended up protecting his vote, Xander ended up risking his vote, and JD ended up risking his vote too. So I think it worked out well for whatever choice went ended up happening for each player. Yeah, just really love this this twist in and of itself because the players ended up relying on each other, but also gave them the opportunity to get an advantage, so... Um, yeah, I think they really built those those cross-tribal bonds, which is really great. But yeah, so Danny and Xander ended up telling the truth to their tribe and the tribe seemed to go along with it and seemed to be really welcoming of it. I think for each tribe, if they were put in the similar position, they probably would have done the same thing. So yeah, it was, it was, I guess, lucky for Danny and Xander that things ended up working out for them. But JD, on the other hand, yes, he tried to explain back to his tribe as well as he could what happened. And I guess, to some extent, it ended up working for him because he did end up getting his reward, as we see, or his advantage, as we say, at the end. I just think the fact that he had rubbed his tribe the wrong way before having gone to the summit, I think probably ended up painting a target on his back just because the rest of his tribe probably saw him as a bit more untrustworthy than um, than if he hadn't have been um, running around as he did yeah, so I think he, after that, that just put another nail in his coffin, I guess, um, as to why the tribe should have voted should should vote him out. Yeah, I think it just added to the pain there for JD. No fault of his own, just trying too hard, I guess, and the tribe not uh, seeming like he's a trustworthy person, so putting JD in quite a bad spot there. So yeah, moving on to the immunity challenge, bit of a twist again, only one tribe wins immunity, so there'll be two tribes going to tribal council, two players voted out. And also we saw for the first time that there's going to be consequences for the losers, whoever, whoever loses the challenge. So yeah, it really adds to, I guess, the importance of immunity challenges. I think, yeah, in more recent seasons, a bit less of a focus has been put on immunity challenges and winning challenges, um, just simply because the whole social aspect of the game has become, or social and strategic aspects has become so heightened recently. So I guess it's good that uh, more emphasis has been put on how you perform in a challenge. And so yeah, it's a bit of a twist, but a welcome twist, I think. And yeah, we also see the introduction of a new a new game mechanic as well. The the shot in the dark die. Now, this is what this is an interesting one because it seems so minimal that it doesn't seem like it's going to have an impact whatsoever. But in turn, it's almost like giving each player a one six of a of an immunity idol. They can use it once, and they've won a one in six shot of actually of safety. So it's interesting because it's so. It seems so, like, rare that one of them's actually going to work, but if you think about it, each player now has a 1-6 a and indie idol, which is, um, because of that too, there probably will be less idols in this season, just simply because now every, every player has a shot in the dark die. So, hopefully that happens because, in yeah, like I said in previous seasons, such an abundance of idols and advantages that have really saturated the game. Yes, whilst there's been new advantages and new twists put in, I feel like this season with the... Twists that I've already mentioned, or the the little things that are happening in the game with the mini games and all that, I feel like it's not adding too much. It's give it's creating more opportunities to build social capital and also to risk your social capital, whilst also making it a bit more fun and not saturating the game with so many advantages that you don't know what players got what and how each player will play their little trinket that they've got in their pocket. So yeah, it's that's just one of my thoughts as to how this game's been evolving, I guess. Um But yeah, we see Luvu win Amundi. Like I said before, very lucky for Luvu to win, especially in this year, because I really thought that he was going to be on the block. Yeah, <laughs> so Yasa and Ua end up having to go to Tribal Council. Just back at their camp, like just looking at Yasa first, it seems to be really the uh Tiffany versus Abraham dynamic going on. Uh, whether it's Abraham looking at, whether it's Tiffany because she was apparently the first one to jump off the boat and and Abraham has been targeting her from the start or whether it's Abraham being a bit too arrogant and judgmental it really seemed like there was this or whether the vote was going to be on Tiffany or Abraham yeah I feel like this Abraham really brought it on himself this whole um, this target he put on himself simply because he was throwing a name out just because they jumped off the boat first and the fact that he didn't uh, I guess build as strong social bonds as he probably should have obviously being Older and there being a lot more younger players in this tribe probably might have been a bit harder for him to connect but yeah I really thought he could have done better in terms of trying to build bonds rather than throw out names right off the start yeah and I'm just gonna I just wanted to touch on as well Evie I feel like she's a really really savvy social player as well she seems like a really energetic and vibrant personality and I feel like her bond with Liana and uh, ended up being with um, Tiffany as well um, she really seems to ingratiate herself with the tribe as um, as we saw as well in the episode, she uh, had a really great bond with some of the guys as well. So yeah, she's really playing a really great social game right off the start. So yeah, I think she could be a player to watch as well in this season. So yeah, it really seems to be a Tiffany versus Abraham little struggle at Yasa. And then over at Ua, it seems for all money that JD is this easy boot. Like everyone seems to be cool with the idea that uh, for JD to be the first boot, I guess after the challenge, Sarah probably got a bit paranoid about that she might be on the block just because of the puzzle and maybe Shan as well. But because of Shan's great social game, she wasn't really targeted as much. And I guess, yeah, Sarah might have been seen as the easy target there. But yeah, for some reason, like, Brad ends up throwing Sarah's name out right to her face as well as Shan. And I feel like that's probably not something you want to do going to tribal council. I mean, yeah, probably a social blunder on Brad's behalf. So yeah, we see a really different dynamic going on between, on the Ua side of things with things starting off with JD, now it might turn to Sarah or Shan, we don't really know there but yeah, there's a lot of convo conversations going on on the Ua tribe side of things. And Shan herself, yeah, she was, um, she was on the puzzle and she ended up losing the challenge for Ua there but the fact that she was still able to be in and amongst conversations and still doing well socially there is a real testament to her social game and the fact that she can go pretty far I think but yeah just also one other thing the fact that we've now got a two-hour premiere episode and we've seen a lot more characterization and hearing a lot more from players we still didn't get that much time in the discussion period before tribal council to really hear where players heads were at and what the thoughts were going into the first vote so yeah that was a bit of a shame I really would have liked to see a bit more conversations at, at tribe Camps. Um, just to see where things are at and the different kind of dynamics going on. Heading into Tribal Council, I just want to say, like, this new Tribal Council set, I'm really loving it. I think they've done a really great design, the art department coming up with, um, a new design and also the new voting urn as well. Something I really liked as well about this season, something different there. So yeah, really like that. We see Yasa go to Tribal first. Um, yeah, once again, the Tiffany versus Abraham show. Xander ended up getting his extra vote, so, his risk ended up paying off there um, by getting his extra vote. Uh, I think I've said it in previous episodes, whether that was on, or previous podcasts, whether that was on Australian Survivor, the fact that the extra vote doesn't actually hold that much power as an advantage. I mean, you need some really specific circumstances for an extra vote to end up working, whether that be an odd-numbered vote, sorry, an even-numbered vote, and yet you probably have to know exactly where the votes are going. So it's really rare that you ever see an extra vote Um, working out so I'm not entirely sure that that was a good advantage to get but nonetheless an advantage that Lysander and JD end up getting so Abraham ends up getting voted out five to one at that Yasser tribal council yeah like I said before I think Abraham really shot himself in the foot by targeting Tiffany right off the bat without building those social connections first off and his whole tribe strong mentality yes it's important at the start of the game but the game's 20 years old. Like things are going to change, and as we know recently, like, contestants are less concerned about Tribal Councils earlier in the season, unlike um, how Abraham was, so uns- not surprising that Abraham got voted out first year, I think, yeah, the Tribe was looking out more for their social interests, so yeah, can't blame the Tribe for that. And then moving on to the Uwa Tribal Council, like, obviously going into it thinking that JD rightfully on the block, but for some reason, Tribal Whispers start going on, Sarah gets paranoid, He ends up getting her voted out 4-1-1. to, one to one. And I really think, like, yeah, just her paranoia ended up shooting herself in the foot too. Like, JD was the easy vote. I'm still so shocked that JD ended up escaping being the boot in this episode. Well, there were whispers going on, Ricard with Shan and Sarah trying to whisper, whispering early into that trial, and ended up being, yeah, ended up being a live tribal council. I mean, we don't see, though, too many pure live tribal councils happening Too often, just only whispering going on. I'm also surprised that Brad didn't get more votes just because he was shown to have, I guess, less social knowledge and a a lack of care for his own social preservation by throwing names out. I really would have thought they were going for Brad in that situation, but things must have changed in those whispers. I think JD was in amongst it as well um, to get Sarah voted out four to one to one. Yeah, just shocked once again that JD um, escaped being a boot in that episode. So he lives to see another day. I really felt bad for Sarah in that moment. I felt like she really had potential to go far. Her and Shan seemed to have quite a strong bond there. I don't know why Shan ended up turning on Sarah. I'll have to read into that in exit interviews, maybe. But yeah, a really lively tribal council in the first episode there. And yeah, just (laughs) that brings us to the end of the first episode. I mean, there was so much to go through there. I've really got high hopes for this season to be a really great season. This cast seems really, really great, as I've said before. Looking at predictions for next week, we didn't end up getting a next week on Survivor little snippet that we normally get at the end of each episode, but yeah, just predictions for next episode, I really don't have that many, simply because you have no idea what's going to happen this season, um, things could change instantly, certainly things that could go on, but um, like I said before, probably the one that stands out to me is if Luvo go to Tribal Council this year might be um, one of the ones that could be voted off there. But yeah, like I said, you never know, things could change so quickly in the space of, what's it, two, three days in Survivor. But yeah, that's gonna bring us to the end of the first recap episode for Survivor 41. I really appreciate you if you listen to this podcast. Yeah, I know I'm just a small podcast starting out, but um yeah, really appreciate um you guys listening to this one. Um yeah, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Debutant Report, and let me know your thoughts as well on Twitter at Debutant Report if you agreed or disagreed with anything I've said in this episode, I'm really looking forward to this new season of Survivor 41. Hoping to bring you a recap podcast each week, going back through each episode um, this season. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Hope to see you next week for uh, when we recap episode 2 of Survivor 41. Should be an absolute cracker, but until then, hope you guys have a cracker of a week, and we'll see you next time. See you guys later. Bye!